Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and today I'm joined by Alicia Smith and a guest who talks about getting your players to own their experience and their role in the team culture as both a high-level player and coach. Before we begin, if you're listening to this episode when it airs on Monday, June 8th, the College Prep 101 Summit for Softball Parents kicks off tomorrow. It's going to be an amazing week showering softball parents and coaches with resources on how to help your kids find the right college fit, even if she's just a youngin' right now. Imagine the thanks you could get from the parents on your team when they have this whole week of insider knowledge. Tomorrow, Tuesday, June 9th, is the kickoff at 7 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday evening is on the physical game, including strength and mobility, arm care, nutrition, and vision. Thursday evening is our specialty, the mental game, including how to build your kids' confidence and how to set them up to have amazing options in the schools that will eventually feel like home to them. And Friday is all about the recruiting process from A to enrollment in the college of your kids' dreams. And don't worry about attending all the sessions right from the air and taking a million notes. There will be a day of replays and you can keep the entire library of info and rewatch it as you need if you upgrade to the All Access Pass. To learn more about all the speakers and get your free pass, head to our friend Stacy's site at stacymahoy.com ticket. That's Stacy S-T-A-C-I-E-M-A-H-O-E dot com slash ticket. Alrighty, now let's get to our guest. She has a wealth of experience as a player, known as one of the top pitchers to come out of the state of Michigan, and an alumnus for the legendary University of Michigan, where she helped lead the team to six Big Ten championships, three Women's College World Series appearances, and one national runner-up finish. Now she's the assistant of our former guest at Central Michigan University, McCall Salmon, and working with the pitching staff. Though we actually recorded this before their abbreviated first season with the team, you can already tell they're working hard to solidify the team culture under this new staff. So let's get to it. Please welcome Sarah Driesinga. Welcome, Coach. Hi, thanks for having me. So Sarah, could you talk a little bit about first year experience at Michigan and the culture that you were immersed in for, for four years while you played there? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, to just, just fast forwarding a little bit now, like in the coaching world, um, I appreciate everything um, that I was a part of in my college career, um, even, even more so. Um, and just kind of, it's, it's really interesting to see that culture. And I think to come into a program that has such, such great culture and has a history um, of winning behind it and to play for coaches who um, have built that culture, but then also, you know, all of the players, all of my teammates who I played with really felt empowered um, to keep that culture going. Um, and that was, I think, just one of the big things that I, you know, felt when I was a part of Michigan is that it wasn't really about me. It was about something so much bigger. And that was, you know, something that was re- preached to us really on the daily, I would say. Um, but something that we really took pride in and to make sure like as as players and as a team that we were representing Michigan to the best of our ability and respecting the program and the Black M and all those that have that had worn it before us. That's exactly what Hutch says. So good job all around. Yeah. The message was heard. Yeah, yeah I think, um, I, you know, I tell her that too now. I always, you know, that voice in the in the back of my head, typically it has her, her it's, it's her voice back there. So um, yeah, it's definitely was just an amazing experience. And if I had to do it all over again, there's not a doubt in my mind that, um, you know, I would choose Michigan over and over and over um, just with the coaches that we had and 
just the people that they bring into the program, that's really what helps build the culture too. We need to have great people um, in order to build a, a great program and to keep that keep that history going um, for, you know, it's, it's still going on. So as long, as long as we can. And I think as long um, as they're there and as long as, um, you know, sometimes, you know, there's not always success that comes with that, but it's just kind of trusting the process and, and knowing that that usually is, a, is part of um, part of something that comes with really trusting the, the process and buying into the team culture. I love that. What were some of the things that helped you buy in as an athlete that you can now take and kind of mold with your own spin on it for the Central Girls? Yeah, I, I think something um, that's really big is that it has to be team led. I know, you know, I've in the last few years, I've gone back to practice and, you know, Hutch just said, I feel like I'm the one driving the bus. And she's like, I need them to drive the bus. Um, and so that's something I know that really has stuck with me is just, you know, it, we're, we're just here as reminders and to help guide, guide them. You know, obviously we can't, we can't be out there on the field between the lines with them. Um, and so I think that's something that I, I've really taken with me is just trying to empower our girls, um, to again, take pride and have some urgency with just representing, you know, now central Michigan to the best of their ability and that it's not something that will last for, forever. And, that those of you who are on the team, you know, right now we have 20 girls. And so there's only 20 girls in the whole entire world that get to wear, you know, that, um, that get to wear the C across their chest. So um, I think that's something, again, that was just ingrained into my head when um, I was playing for Michigan. And it's something that, um, you know, you should have pride in whatever, in whatever it is that you're doing. And whether that's playing on the field or even in the classroom, like, you know, you're always representing the softball program but also central Michigan. So even when you're outside of, you know, Mount Pleasant here, that's something that just keep in mind because people are always watching and um, they're, they're, a lot of young girls are looking to you as their role models and they want to be you. Um, and I think that tends to help on those, those days that are a little bit more challenging because we all know that they come, um, they come and they go and then they come back again. But um, I think that's something that we really try to ingrain in them too, is that you know, this is, this is a privilege to be here. You know, you don't necessarily have to be here. This is um, something that you chose and something that you decided to, to commit to and commit to our team and, and really building that culture too. I think that's something that um, us coaches here and, you know, uh, McCall Salmon, our head coach, she really has ingrained that um, in our team. And then obviously as a coaching staff, you know, we're always on the same page and always, always really know, um, you know, what's, what's going on with our players so that we can try to be there for them the best that we can. You said something so interesting. It's, it's so true. It's empowering, right? Because yeah. you, you have to empower your kids to be able to kind of, like you said, like Coach Hutch said, right, is to drive that bus and not only empowering them, right, but, but also allowing them to kind of navigate and figure things out as, as they do that so they can kind of right. that ownership, right? I always kind of relate that to ownership because it's their program, mm -hmm. right? So how do you take your kids um, and give them that advice on, on how to take the ownership of what they're doing out there? Yeah, um, I think a part of that, you know, first in order for me to kind of um, hopefully frame it in a way that they'll hear it or that they'll, um, you know, be able to respond to it effectively is, you know, I, I, I first had to really reflect on my own experience and how um, that was present 
in the program that I was a part of and then how um, we continued that and how that that kept going. And so I think it's, it has to do a lot with obviously those upperclassmen really, really taking that ownership. And, um, you know, we always talked about talk about here, too, is leaving leaving the program better than you found it. So, you know, what are you doing to add value to the program here that's going to that's really going to last longer than your four or five years, however long that it is that you're here. Um, but how, um, how do you, you know, how does your class want to be remembered? And I feel like when you kind of put that sense of pride in there, that's, you know, that ownership that you're talking about, that's kind of where that comes from. Um, but I think also just, again, knowing how that was for me and then kind of talking about that. Cause I know you said it to him, you know, my last year playing was 2016. And so that's, you know, it still feels pretty fresh in my mind. Sometimes my body disagrees with me. Um, but I think that is, you know, hopefully something that is a strength of mine. And hopefully that the girls, um, it seems like they can, um, you know, respect that or can relate to that as well. And so, you know, I, I know what it's like to maybe not have a good day, but still have to even own, you know, own those bad days too and say like, all right, this did not go very well today. How can I be better at that tomorrow? And even, you know, taking ownership for the good, the bad, and all of the things in between. Um, Obviously, you know, there's always something positive we can take out of it. And then there's always something that we can we can spin into a positive because that only gives us another opportunity the next day to come back and be better than we were that day. I love that. I think that's one of the skills I am most proud of developing is the reframing skill. Yes, that cognitive restructuring, I think, is um, is really key. And I I think just learning that as, you know, as a college student athlete, but then also, um, you know, that being able to even transfer it afterwards, I feel like is really important. Absolutely. I do it every day. (laughs) So what are some ways that you use cognitive restructuring or reframing and all that kind of positivity, fun stuff in action with your pitchers? Say in a bullpen. Yes. Um, Well, I think, you know, obviously there's, there's a couple different parts about you know, just being an athlete in general. And I think, you know, that's the mental side of the game, um, physical side. I know there's even a spiritual side and, you know, everyone kind of has their different beliefs about each of those things and kind of how they all come together. But I think, um, you know, they're things that are dependent upon each other. They're obviously independent, but also um, if one of those things is suffering, um, the other two are also going to suffer. So, um, just that mental side of the game, I know, um, you know, we try to build that toughness, obviously, through um, different challenges and different things that we do during a bullpen, um, but also, you know, strength conditioning, all of that good stuff, too. Um, but I think we, one of the things that I try to um, really talk about with them, too, is just kind of calling out what it is that they're, you know, afraid of, whether it's failure, whether it's, um, you know, not making their families proud or not, you know, whatever it is, making their, not making their team proud or not living up to whatever expectations that maybe they have set for themselves. Um, you know, I, I, we really try to break those down and, um, just say, we're going to, we're going to do whatever it takes in order for our team to be successful. Sometimes that is not necessarily always has to do with somebody individually being successful. Um, and so just really breaking that down, understanding, like we really have a one pitch focus, 
Um, I know sometimes pitchers really focus on, you know, making sure that they can get through the whole game or whatever it may be. But you know what? The only thing that you can throw or pitch at a time is one pitch. Um, so that's all we need you to get through. And that's, I know, it's one thing that we've been focusing on a little bit more lately. Um, is really buying into that one pitch focus and understanding that, um, you know, we have five or six pitchers. So we, you know, and getting, getting healthy and things like that. But um, with that many pitchers, we have, and that depth with our staff, I think that's um, really an advantage and really something that's positive because of sometimes, you know, that, that mental side of the game isn't always there for everybody and just work, you know, we're always going to be working through things and, and getting through that process. But I think um, that's definitely something that we've been talking about lately is just having that, that one pitch focus and really what it means. Cause I know we say it all, all the time, but um, you know, just, I think it's important to break, break it down so that we can call it out. We can understand it. And then we can come up with a strategy to get through it. I think that's such a great way to frame it, right? Because what you're what you're doing is having them one be honest with themselves, but also be yeah. vulnerable with you as a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And that that piece is really hard sometimes to pull out of kids because they may even be a one they may not even truly be aware, but two that's really hard for some kids to actually admit that they're you know afraid to let their parents down or they're they're under pressure and don't feel like yeah. they can perform. Absolutely. What are some of the, do you, do you like to have those conversations one-on-one? Do you like to do that? Like just with you and your pitchers together, or what is kind of the way you work with your kids when you're having those kind of discussions and talks? Um, I think it's important to do kind of in a variety of settings. I, I personally, usually um, I prefer one-on-one just because I feel like then, you know, we can dive in a little deeper. It's just the two of us. Um, But I know, like you said too, it's, some people aren't necessarily quite as comfortable or, you know, it, we kind of have to work up to that vulnerability piece. Um, but I think, you know, I, you know, some, some girls are a little tougher to, tougher to, to get through to, or to, um, you know, to just to understand what's going on in their head. Um, so I think also doing it in that group setting can be really beneficial because I think, you know, sometimes the more people we have, you know, everyone has their own perspective. And so it's interesting hearing, you know, each other's perspectives and maybe even how, you know, just the pitchers can help each other. Like, Oh, Hey, I know you've, you've been struggling with this. Um, I tried this and this has been working. Maybe that'll work for you too. You know, sometimes it's, it's good for it not maybe to always come from me. Um, just so we can, you know, different things are going to work for different people and just kind of really being aware of that. And, um, kind of respecting that about each individual too. That's awesome. And it's not easy to do because every individual has so many quirks, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. What are some tricks you have up your sleeve for kind of getting to the root of what each person needs? That was a really great example of like, we'll try something this person's tried. <laughs> what are some other things you do to get at, okay, what's going to work for you? Um, I think it's, really important just to, to know the girls as, you know, just as people too, and to have a relationship that way so that it can, you know, strengthen then our on field relationships or, or our, you know, that softball coach player relationship and um, how that can really benefit from, you know, just taking interest in something that they 
care about or, you know, showing interest um, in something that they value, I feel like really helps them understand that, wow, like, you know, these coaches and, you know, obviously we're a new staff, but these, you know, these, these new coaches um, really care about us and they really um, are curious about my life outside of softball. You know, we're not just focused on softball, we're focused on them as people. Um, And so I think, you know, I know as a player, that was something that was really helpful for me was knowing that, um, you know, my coach was taking interest in other things that, you know, I had going on, or I was able to talk about those things with them. Um, and so I think it's just important for us as coaches, you know, we wear so many different hats and all those hats of, you know, building those relationships and, um, outside of softball has to be one of those too. And that goes back really to, to ultimately to the culture, right? I think yeah. that, that yeah. when that is set first and those are the things that are focused on, I think that becomes a little bit easier. But I think one of the challenges for some coaches, especially newer coaches um, or coaches that don't get to see players year after year after year is the time piece, right? Mm-hmm. Michigan has been there for those coaches have been established there for so long. Right. Yeah. And so they do have a culture that's very embedded. And I'm sure that that does slightly mm-hmm. change based on, on time. But have you felt any kind of challenges with coming in new as a coach and, and working to build that over time? Um, I feel like, you know, just with some of these things that, that we were talking about and, you know, especially with the mental side of the game, um, you know, you talk about time and even with us as new coaches, it's just having that time to start to get to know the girls and to build some of that rapport with them so that they do trust us. Um, you know, and we can, and we trust them. I think that's a two way street, but, um, I think at least here at central Michigan, the, um, you know, coach Junker has had been here for so long and, you know, I'm just really thankful that really thankful to be a part of a program that, also has that culture really embedded within it. And so it's, um, you know, kind of up to us to, to continue that on and continue her legacy and just, you know, the program in general as being the winningest um, in the Mac is something, you know, that we definitely want to continue on. Um, But just, you know, I think understanding the history behind a program is really important because, you know, you have to understand why it is, how it is today and how it came to be that way. And now how we can, you know, either evolve a couple things or, um, you know, we want to keep, keep some of that stuff really, really going. Cause that's something, um, that helps us even engage alumni, you know, they really enjoy to enjoy seeing that. And, you know, I know that's something that's really important to me as being an alumni is, um, you know, still feeling involved, even though, um, the coaching staff has changed here at central, um, you know, we still really find that alumni support um, is one of the most important things of the program and really what keeps us going. What are some things as season is starting now and getting underway that you guys are preparing for to help bolster the culture? Because we've experienced uh, pressure gets in the way. Like we, we talk team Absolutely. first, and then when you get stressed out because you're not playing, how does that affect you? Or when you're in a massive slump, how does that start to affect the culture? What are some things that you guys are kind of preparing for that you feel your strong culture will help bring them back to the team focus? Yeah, I think um, I, I'm really so thankful too that we, you know, we had a fall season so we could kind of get to know each other on the field. But um, I think just everyone, you know, staying on the same page and even, you know, as, as things 
get crazy as we know that they do sometimes during season, just as a coaching staff, I think that's where we, um, is that's where one of our strengths lies is that we are really, um, good at communicating and knowing, you know, what's going on obviously with each other, but just kind of being able to, to feel the sense of the team and how, you know, if they're tired, you know, we know that they might, you know, need an extra day off or they might need, um, something, something along those lines, just being able to, to make sure that, like you said, that we can bring them back. Um, and I think just having that, um, we usually do some even meetings with all of the girls individually. Um, so I know we're going to continue to do that as season starts to roll in too. Um, but just so that, you know, they know what we're thinking. And if they have questions about anything, we always have an open door policy where they can come in and, you know, ask us, all right, what is, what do I need to do more of to get on the field? And, you know, we're, we're going to be honest with them as to what we've been seeing and what, you know, what our team needs in order to, to be successful. Um, but I think having that strong base really in that foundation um, that we all talked about and that we started in the fall is something that's really important. And I think that's going to allow us to just be uh, consistent throughout season and for the girls to keep buying in and for us to keep that communication going with them and for them to keep communicating with us. You know, again, I think that's a two way street that oftentimes, um, you know, when that's not happening, then I think maybe that's when some of those discrepancies start happening or miscommunications, obviously. So it's just something um, I know that we really value is really feeling, getting a feel for how the team is doing and how we can, you know, help them to evolve to be where we, you know, we all want to be at in the beginning of May at the um, MAC tournament and things like that. So. And what I love hearing is that because we talked already to Coach Solomon as well. And yeah. I think that that is so awesome that it's such a focus, the relationship building, the culture pieces, all those other you, and you haven't talked about really one softball drill, right? In this whole entire interview so far. So it's like the, the dedicated time to all of this is worth its weight in gold and is so important to get any team in the right direction because the softball skills will come, right? That will come. But without that foundation mm-hmm. and everything that you're doing, um, it's it just it I believe it just won't it won't translate to the field onto the field as strongly as it would as if you, you know, hadn't worked on all of that. So I think that's really awesome that you guys have that, that such a focus. And it was very clear that when we interviewed coach Salmon as well, as well as you, you can tell that that is such an important piece to, to the program and to the culture. And you're also honoring, right. The, the legacy that coach Yonker had left because yeah, she has been there for a long time and has established a winning program as well. So I think that's absolutely. Yeah. Sir, could you talk about maybe and give us maybe one example of one specific drill that you work with your pitchers um, to with the mental toughness piece uh, while they're in the bullpen? Absolutely. Um, usually during the week, um, you know, we try to to break it down into a few different types of workouts. So, you know, and at least in in my head, I always have okay. We want to make sure that we're still doing some type of foundational work. Um, you know, at least with mechanics and just kind of making sure that those are shored up. Um, Cause sometimes if, you know, if something is, you know, if there's a mechanical change that we need to make, sometimes that impacts that, that mental, that mental side of the game too. Just knowing that like, well, it feels, everything just feels off. And so then oftentimes when we feel something that's, that's off, um, then, you know, we start to, our pitching reflects that. And then some of those feelings, thoughts, behaviors, all those things kind of just keep cycling around. Um, 
So I think one of the things really that we try to do is just on our, um, on a challenge day, um, I, you know, we might set a certain percent of pitches that we want for them to be successful with. Um, and then, you know, they have to, they have to hit that, hit that number. And I think what we've kind of seen is that that's continued to improve. They might not always hit that number, but I think having something, um, in mind as, as a goal to kind of keep building towards that, um, that makes things, obviously when you're out in the game, you really have to trust, trust your process. And, you know, that's something that doing drills like that, different challenges, I think really the main focus is that, you know, we want that, that pitch that you're throwing during your challenge to be, you know, just as relaxed and um, for your mindset and your routine to be the same as, as it was outside of the challenge. Right. So kind of making sure that, you know, we're, we're really buying into sticking to our process and just really trusting that that's going to, that's what is going to give us our chance at our best chance at having success. Um, and, and that's what I, you know, I know we talked about it a little earlier, but just because we stick to that process, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that success is going to come, whatever, you know, success really looks different for everyone. Um, and we have that different idea of what that means in our head. Um, so I think just really focusing on sticking to your process. And when you're trying to hit a percentage, sometimes your mind wanders and focuses on that percentage instead of really just sticking to your process. So anything, any type of challenge really where we're doing something like that, um, I think helps them with the mental side of the game. And I think um, we do uh, some obviously live pitching to our own hitters too with our, our pitchers and our hitters. Um, and that helps, I think, obviously everybody involved, but also just the pitchers, you know, obviously those hitters know you really well. And so you have to do something different. Um, you know, just like some of the teams in the conference might know you really well, you might have to do something different in order to beat them. But no matter what your, your goal is to always beat them and you're out there focusing, you know, that's your focus is, you know, is, is beating them and sticking to your process. That's going to give you your best chance at beating them. Um, so I think that's really one of the main things that we focus on during practice. Oh, that's so good. And of course we love challenges because it, it is that extra little bit of <laughs> like distraction because everyone <clears throat> wants to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, sometimes we might give a scenario then to our hitters too, and you can see them dig in a little bit more. So um, really just trying to, to, to build that and to build that mindset a little bit. So that when it t comes time for a game, you know, they've, we've been practicing that all winter and um, they're just really excited, I think, to play somebody other, other than their own teammates. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. And that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed it, then we'd truly appreciate if you shared it with a friend whose team you think could also benefit. If you're really feeling generous, head to your podcast player of choice and give us a review. Five Little Stars could help us reach more coaches like you as we build our club of sweet spotters and make a bigger impact together. If you have any comments, questions, or guest requests at any time, please feel free to reach out to me at mel at mentalsweetspot.com or shoot me a message on Twitter at Coach Mel Rushing. That is all for today. Remember to send your girls' parents to stacymahoy.com slash ticket to sign up for this week's free College Prep 101 Summit. And until next time, have a good one.